The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. Jamie's Log, Progressive, The Harrington's Backyard, Day 27, 3.33 a.m. 3.33, all those threes mean something, or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's Backyard for 27 days now, proving that Progressive has 24-7 protection. They told me every day they understand what 24-7 protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. 3.33. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verderam alongside Josh Hill. We are entering week 10 of the NFL season. There's a lot to get to. Of course, a Monday night game still to be played with Green Bay hosting Detroit. But first things first, let's go over what we saw in week 9. And I am going to kick things off. Uh, anyone who listens to this podcast, as I think I say every week, knows I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. I grew up in New York, but I grew up with a father who rooted for Kansas City. And so... I was indoctrinated as a child. I've been rooting for the team since I was five. I'm 29 now. So my first recollection of them was going to the AFC Championship game, uh, which shows you that the old adage of quit while you're ahead really is applicable here. Um, I am very prideful in the sense that I really do believe, look, I cover the NFL nationally. I cover all 32 teams, and I'm, I'm really, uh, I take it as a point of pride that I, I make sure that I cover all teams equally. But that being said, I am human, and so... I have an emotional connection to the Chiefs more than I do any other team for obvious reasons. Okay, so my little mini ran here, and I hope you'll stick with me, is based off the premise that two or more things can be true at the same time, okay? The Chiefs are a really good football team. That is true. The Chiefs are also a very flawed football team and currently a fraudulent football team. Also true. They lost 28-17 to the Dallas Cowboys, who have one of the best offenses in football. It was in Dallas. It was a good game. Kansas City actually led deep into the third quarter, but couldn't hang on. Ended up losing by 11 points. The reason I think that Kansas City is fraudulent is not because the offense struggled in the game. The offense is fine. They're number one in yards per play. Alex Smith is second in passing yardage. He has 18 touchdowns and one pick. Kareem Hunt leads the league in, the, in, in rushing yardage, and Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are both top 10 in receiving yardage. So the offense, especially coached by Andy Reid, not a problem. They may have a bad week here or there, but that team is going to score points. The problem is their facade of a defense, which at this point is bordering from sieve to absolute dam of a reservoir break. Uh, they forget about yardage, which, by the way, they're 28th in the league in. I think that stat is overrated from the standpoint that Teams pile up garbage time yards against decent teams, and the Chiefs certainly gave up a lot of garbage time yards early in the year if you go back and look. I don't worry about that too much. And the Chiefs' pass defense isn't bad. It's not great, 
but it's not bad. They're one of the better teams in the league. I think they've given up the lowest completion percentage in football. And when you look at the quarterbacks they've played, that's pretty impressive. They've played Tom Brady, Carson Wentz, Phillip Rivers, Derek Carr, Ben Roethlisberger, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson. The only bad quarterback they've played, really even the only mediocre bad quarterback they've played, is Trevor Simeon. Okay, and they completely dominated him. They picked him off three times. The problem with Kansas City is everything else. Okay? Their run defense is atrocious. They are bottom five in the league in yards per carry, and uh, in yards against per carry. Uh, they are 32nd in the league in first downs allowed per game, over 23 a game allowed. Uh, they are 30th in yards per play against. They're 26th in red zone defense. Two-thirds of the time when a team crosses the 20-yard line on the Chiefs, it ends up in seven points. Uh, they are 22nd in the league in third down rate, right behind the Raiders, who we talk about every week. It's Khalil Mack and 10 road cones. The Chiefs are worse on third down than the Raiders are. They are dead last when it's third and eight or more uh, by a wide margin. The Chiefs can knock it off the field. And so those are the reasons. Their pass rush is hit and miss. Some weeks it's very good. Some weeks you feel like they don't even exist. They sacked Prescott once in the game last uh, on Sunday. They, they pressured him multiple times in the first half. The second half of the game, they didn't lay a glove on him the entire half. Um, so I'm just frustrated as a Chiefs fan, and I'm using this as a psychotherapy session. Uh, I'm going to wrap up with that it's already been you know, four minutes or so, but... Um, I will say, I still think the Chiefs are the second best team in the conference behind Pittsburgh because New England is worse than the Chiefs in almost every single category I just rattled off. I don't think New England's better than the Chiefs offensively somehow, shockingly. Um, And the Chiefs play well against them. I think Pittsburgh's the favorite. I wouldn't say they're prohibitive. I think they're the favorite. Um, But right now, Kansas City 6-3, as fraudulent as I think that defense is right now, I think they could actually end up winning 12 or 13 games. And you'd probably say, well, that doesn't add up. Well, they play. Here are the road games. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. They have the rest of the year. The Jets, the Giants, and the Broncos in Week 17. Who's beating them out of that group? And then they have home games against the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Dolphins in December, and they play the Bills. The Bills are the only respectable team, really, that they play all year long. You want to throw the Raiders and Chargers in the mix? Fine. They get them at home in the cold weather in December. The Chiefs should win. The Chiefs will be favored in every single game they play the rest of the year, in some cases by large margins. They could absolutely run the table. They're good enough to do it. Six and three against the schedule they've played is nothing to sneeze at, but if that defense does not play better, if they don't fix that defense... Good night. They'll make the playoffs. They'll win that division for sure. But that'll be where it ends. They'll they'll get knocked out in the divisional round for the third straight year, and they'll go home. And everybody who roots for Kansas City will end up feeling like they just got hit by a truck, uh, as I feel right now, because frankly, you can just see it coming. You can see the headlights. Uh, if they don't get this defense fixed, it's it is all over Kansas City. And so, a that is my diatribe on this team, and b that is. My main takeaway from week nine is that if Kansas City doesn't get its act together defensively, it's going nowhere. But, but the team is talented enough to get its act together. And if it does, they remain as dangerous as any team in the league. And with that, Josh, I will uh, turn the floor over to you. Well, that's a uh, very perfect segue. I was going to melt down about the Bucks too, but we can save that for 
for a later time. Uh, but I did have the Kansas City Chiefs on uh, the stock watch this week, which is something that I wanted to do with you, where we kind of go over some of these playoff contenders, you know, not the top of the cream, like, you know, the Patriots and the Steelers, but teams that are starting to make waves in the playoff race. And I want, you, I want your opinion on whether or not they're for real, whether you're buying stock or whether you're selling stock in them. And I'll start with perhaps the best team in the NFL, but I'm not sure if they are or not, the Philadelphia Eagles. So they're 8-1. and one. Carson Wentz looks like the MVP. They steamrolled the Broncos' defense on Sunday, which is a respectable defense. The offense is terrible. Nobody's taken away anything from the defense. But my question is, the Eagles so far have only had three quality wins. Okay, And two of them came against the same team, Washington. And then they beat Carolina on a Thursday night. The only decent team they've played so far this season is the Chiefs, and they lost. It was only by seven points, but they lost. This upcoming slate, I feel like we're going to find out what kind of team the Eagles are going to be going down the stretch. They're 8-1. and one. Everybody's fly, Eagle, fly. Carson Wentz is this stud. They just traded for JHI, and he came out hot uh, on Sunday. But their upcoming slate, they've got a game against Dallas. They've got Seattle. They've got the Rams. Um, you know, this is this division, you know, everybody wants to say that it's locked up and done. Dallas beating Kansas City yesterday. They hung around. What do you think about Philadelphia? Are they are you buying stock? Are you selling stock? Are you or, or are you standing pat? I mean, I'm buying stock from the standpoint that right now I think they're the best team in football. Defensively, they're they're good. Uh, the front seven is loaded. I, I think the, the one caveat is that their secondary does not scare anybody. Their secondary is not particularly good. Um, I think Wentz has played really well this year. Uh, I, you know, he's had three 300 passing yard games, uh, but even more than that, he's taken care of the ball. He's made big throws and he's had to look 51 points on Denver. Denver stinks, but 51 points against that defense, mm-hmm. that's saying something. I mean, they, now granted, Den, Denver's offense is so bad. I think Denver's just starting to quit as a team. But uh, I buy stock on Philadelphia. I do think they're going to lose some games coming up. Look, at Dallas, at Seattle, at the Rams, those are all tough games. Mm-hmm. Those are all games that they absolutely could lose. I think they will lose a couple of them at least. Um, but I, I buy them. I buy them as right now, if I had to pick my NFC representative, I'd buy them because I was going to buy Seattle alongside of them. But Seattle, I, I mean, look, I just went on a diatribe at the Chiefs. <laughs> I mean, that, at wow. least the Chiefs lost to a good team on the road. Yeah. I mean, Washington, not to say Washington's not good, because Washington's a quality team. Mm-hmm. But Washington was really banged up coming into this game. They oh, were yeah. missing offensive linemen. Jordan Reed wasn't playing. Jameson Crowder was out. And to lose... But anyway, we'll stay on Philadelphia for now. I, I, I buy their stock. Okay, well, we can bounce over to Washington, who's also another team that I have on the list. I assume that you're not buying stock in Kirk Cousins and the Redskins, who did go on the road and get a nice win against Seattle. But I feel like this is kind of the same situation we felt with New England, where Carolina goes in and beats them at home. Houston and Deshaun Watson almost beats them. Kind of the same thing with Seattle. I'm personally not buying stock in the Redskins. I don't think that they're, they're, they're good enough around Kirk Cousins. I think if they get in, they'll be a quick out in the playoffs. But I'm not personally buying stock. What about you? No, I, I can't. Only because, look, 4-4, four and four, they got Minnesota and New Orleans coming up next. They have a stretch where they're at Dallas and at the Chargers. they got to go across country to play L.A. I don't, I don't want to say I, I have no faith in them to win because they play the Giants twice. They play the Cardinals and the Broncos at home. That should be four wins, okay? And if they can find a way to maybe beat the Chargers, beat Minnesota at home, maybe they can get to 10. The problem is what's, what's in front of them. Okay, They've already lost three divisional games. They got swept by Philadelphia, so that's done. They're not catching Philly. Mm-hmm. They lost at home to Dallas. And so when you really look at it, it's just tough to, it's tough to say, yeah, you know, I have a lot of faith in the Redskins. How, how can you? 
it's, it's hard for them, in my eyes, to jump Dallas and Philly. And you could say, well, maybe they can get the other wild card. Well, <laughs> they're going to be hard-pressed. You know, Seattle and L.A., you got a lot of teams in the NFC South. So I, I got to sell on Washington, while, although I do think they're a talented and pretty good football team. Jump over to the AFC for the next team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that I died on the hill early in the season for that defense, which I have not looked terrible for that. It's, it's Blake Bortles, and it's whether he's making mistakes on the field or shouting at Doug Marone because he wants to hammer the ball down the throat of the Bengals on uh, Sunday. I, I, I'm buying stock in the, in the Jaguars only because there's nothing else in the, in the AFC South that remotely makes me think that they're going to miss the playoffs. Houston's done without Watson. The Colts are a joke. And I, I don't believe personally in the Titans. I think that the Jaguars are going to win the AFC South this year. And uh, they're going to be an interesting team in the playoffs, especially if they, you know, right now they're matching up against Tennessee in the first round. I could see them getting the divisional round. And that's a, that's a nice narrative for, for Jacksonville going into 2018. Yeah. You know, listen, I totally buy their defense. Mm-hmm. I buy them as a playoff team. I don't buy them as more than that. I don't know if they're going to beat out Tennessee. The problem being they already lost to Tennessee at home. And they play Tennessee week 17 on the road. Now, the plus side for Jacksonville is their schedule is as follows. The Chargers, the Browns, the Cardinals, the Colts, the Seahawks, the Texans, the Niners, the Titans. I mean, they shouldn't lose more than maybe three of those games, which puts them at 10 and 6. Uh, so I buy them. I, I buy their stock as a playoff team. I love the defense, but with Bortles, I just have a really hard time seeing them beating Pittsburgh, New England. Yes, Kansas City. I know I you know went in on him, but I, I I don't think Blake Bortles would beat the Chiefs in the playoff game. If, if he does, <laughs> uh, frankly, I'm going to lay down and trap. Uh, so I buy them as a playoff team. I I, I think they are going to make it in the AC. Which hey, listen, if you're a Jaguars fan. If they just lost in the wild card round, that's a great season mm-hmm. for them because they have been down for so long. And so I think the Jaguars have to make something really good. Doug Marone, give him credit. Like, oh, yeah. The guy gets overlooked. He's done a fantastic job here. He did a good job in Buffalo. And so I think Jacksonville's on the right path. Yeah, I'm, uh, you're buying playoff stock in the Jaguars. I think yeah. the wise decision would be to buy future stock. You're buying futures in the Jaguars because they're going to be good. The I, only I thing that I... Yeah. You've got to find the quarterback. That's the thing. That's the thing. They're going to have to do it in free agency or via trade because I was expecting them to have a higher draft pick than they're going to. They make the playoffs. They're going to be picked in the middle of the road. Although, given the, the Garoppolo trade and things that we've heard around the league, maybe this draft class isn't that great anyways. Um, going back to the NFC for another quick team, the New Orleans Saints, okay? Out of absolutely nowhere, it's their division to lose. And we can, we can actually lump the Panthers in here too, if you're buying or selling on the Saints and the Panthers, because I'm selling on the Panthers, and that's been something that I've been doing for a long time. I don't believe in Cam Newton. The defense is good, but I just don't think that they're going to be able to pull it out in the playoffs, even though Riverboat Ron finds a way to, to, to stop the doubters every time we doubt them. If there's a team in the NFC South that I am buying, it is the New Orleans Saints, because that defense is night and day from what we saw in the first two weeks of this season. I think they're allowing like an average of 15 points a game since then. It's, it's been incredible. I mean, outside of that horrible game against Detroit, which they won, uh, the defense has looked really good. And I'm, you know, this is a Saints team that once they get going, they're going to be hard to stop. And, that, you know, what you say every year in the playoffs, all you need to do is get hot at the right time. Drew Brees knows how to get hot at the right time. Yeah, listen, I, I'm with you on Carolina. I think we'll make the playoffs because the schedule is easy, but I'm, I'm selling on them in terms of as a, as a real legitimate contender. They, 
they don't have enough in Newton. They just don't. And I know they went to the Super Bowl with them the one year, and they won the MVP, and everything went great. Listen, Mark Rippon had a great year once, and Mark Rippon was awful. And he won a Super Bowl because he had one great year. They had that one great year. They, they fell short. Okay? Cam Newton is a great athlete. He is not a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's never been a good quarterback. So t- and now they don't even have Calvin Benjamin, who they traded, which tells me that they really don't. Hurry into Mattress Firm. For a limited time, save up to $500 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $499 value. Or get up to 60% off America's top-rated brands, like Sealy Queen mattresses starting at $279.99 or Sleepies at $169.99. In stock for fast delivery, only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. I believe in this team, so I sell on them. New Orleans is interesting. I think New Orleans is a good team. They're better than I thought they were going to be. They still have five home games. Okay, actually four home games. Sorry, after uh, yesterday they just played two of their home games against Chicago and, uh, and Tampa. And listen, I think the Saints are going to win the division. I think they're the best team in the division. Atlanta's completely falling apart. Um, so I do like where they're going in terms of that. The problem with the Saints that I have is I'm waiting for that real quality win. Nothing against your Bucks, but the Bucks right now are not playing well. Oh, yeah. Okay. They've, they beat Carolina on the road. We just both finished saying how I don't, I don't know. Is Carolina any good? Like Newton in that game got picked off three times. Okay, they lost this. They lost the Vikings. They lost to the Pats. They beat the Bears. Uh, they they beat the Dolphins. They, I I don't know that the Saint. I don't think the Saints are a Super Bowl contender, but I think they could get to the divisional round. So I buy stock up to that point. I don't think they're better than Philly. I don't think they could go to Seattle and, and win. But the Saints, listen, Kamara, the running back's done a really nice job for mm-hmm. them, and he's really kind of changed the narrative. And you're right, the defense. Hey, give him credit. It's the best defense the Saints had since they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll end on this one, which is going to kind of segue into our uh, weekly picks. The team that played last Thursday, the Buffalo Bills, uh, they lay an egg against the New York Jets, which was unfortunate and a little disappointing to me. Um, and it, it made me start to question whether or not we should start maybe thinking about selling stock. I'm not selling stock in, in Buffalo just yet. I really like what I've seen so far. Uh, I think... I don't want to agree with Richie Incognito, but maybe the short week had something to do with it. Certainly didn't seem to affect the Jets. Um, but this might be a game to me where Sean McDermott goes back and says, hey, you guys were really awful this Thursday night game. We're in a position nobody thought we were going to be in. Tyrod Taylor's an underrated quarterback. The defense is really good. Look, they're not built to come from behind, but if they can get ahead and they can maintain a lead, even if it's a small lead, they're going to be dangerous in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my stock in the Bills for now. But if they have another game like they had on Thursday night, they're, they're going to they're gonna regress back to the mean, and I'm going to have to sell my stock on them. Uh, I'm, I'm selling the stock I never had on the Bills, and here's why. <laughs> Look, I think the Bills' defense is good, but the Bills absolutely need turnover after turnover after turnover mm-hmm. to beat you because their offense is terrible. And I know they got Kelvin Benjamin, and I think that helps in the red zone, but he's not the kind of guy who's going to run away from corners. He's not the kind of guy – who's going to separate. And with Tyrod Taylor, that's not his game. The best thing Tyrod Taylor does is he throws a really pretty deep ball. He doesn't throw the ball very well in those intermediate ranges. And so I think Benjamin getting him was a good move because he's usually the best receiver now on this team. But I don't think he puts him over the top. My problem with the Bills is, is if, you, if you can choke off the running game with them, and for all this talk about how good McCoy's been, look, well, Sean McCoy's a great player. Well, Sean McCoy's averaging 3.7 yards a carry. Mm. Like, 
it's not like LaShawn McCoy is lighting the world on fire, okay? Tyrod Taylor's got 1,600 passing yards. He's on pace for not even 3,300. So, and here, here's one thing that really scares me at the Bills. They've given up 26 sacks this year. Ooh. And he is a, Tyrod Taylor is a very mobile quarterback, yeah. and he's getting sacked 26 times. Like, at some point, that's turning into interceptions and fumbles. Mm-hmm. And if they lose the turnover battle, they have no chance. So, that all said, I do think they could make the playoffs because the conference is just terrible. Yeah. They might go 8-8 eight and eight, make the conference. And the good news for the Bills, look, they're 5-3. and three. They still have Indy at home. They get the Dolphins at home. Okay, those should be a couple of wins. The question is, can they find two wins somewhere else? They host the Saints this week. They're at the Chargers. They're at the Chiefs. They, they play New England twice at Miami. Can they find two wins in there? I, I, I am... I am in belie- I believe that they could be a six seed. I, I don't believe in them, though, as a real, as a quality team. I think they're a very average team, which, by the way, is a hell of a lot better than anybody thought they would be going into the season. Oh, yeah. Uh, you look, the Bills there are a lot better than I thought they were going to be. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, look, I'm, I'm keeping my stock for now. I'm, I'm a believer. Not as much, apparently, as I am in Jacksonville. I don't know how the hell that happened. But I'm all in Duval County. But, yeah, there we go. Stock watch. NFL. <laughs> the NFL does weird things to it, man. I, you know, what can you say? Like, and it, you know, we'll get into it here as we go over each game. But there are some lines this week to kind of tell you what Vegas thinks of some of these teams uh, that, are, that we just talked mm-hmm. about. So keep that in mind. And look, we can, uh, you know, we can roll right into the week now. Thursday night, a, suddenly a quasi-interesting game. Seattle at Arizona – uh, and the Seahawks on the road were favored by five and a half, which Vegas is saying that they're a substantially better team, which they are. Seattle coming off a, a brutal loss to the Redskins at all. Yeah. Just an absolute ridiculous loss. Never should have happened. The Cardinals, meanwhile, took care of business. They beat the 49ers. They gave Adrian Peterson about 85 carries in the game. Seattle's better, but incredibly, if Arizona somehow wins this game, Arizona's ahead of Seattle in the standings, yeah. which is mind-blowing, but it's, it's true. That also, I'm going to take Seattle in this game. I don't care that it's in Arizona. I cannot imagine Drew Stanton beating the Seahawks, especially after what Seattle just did on Sunday. If Seattle won that game, maybe Arizona sneaks up a little bit. Uh, I don't see it. I think Seattle's going to win. I think Seattle's going to cover. Uh, the only fear you should have here, the Seahawks, they cannot block. And Arizona can get after the quarterback, but I'm still, I'm still taking Seattle here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with Seattle here, too. Um, my only concern would be whether or not this, the Seahawks defense gets inside of its own head after two really bad weeks. Uh, they beat, they were able to beat Houston, but they got lucky on that one, yeah. big time. Big, yeah, absolutely. And, and then they, they, they give up what should have been a, dr- a game-stopping drive to Kirk Cousins and the Redskins. And my question is, look, Drew Stanton doesn't scare me at all. But is Adrian Peterson... In his head enough after, what, 157 yards on the ground? This is the second time this season he's gone over 100 yards or something like that. Is he going to be this unseen X factor that the Cardinals and everybody else didn't see coming? I don't think so because I think the, the Seahawks' defense is better than that. But if he does, and I agree with you, if they lose this game, I'm done with Seattle. And I, I, can't, I can't handle it anymore. I, Russell Wilson looks good. He brought them back into that game, but there's there's too many problems. Where if they do get into the playoffs, because right now they're on the outside looking in, if they do get into the playoffs and they get a first round matchup against the Saints or the Rams, I've got no faith in Seattle whatsoever. I'll take them tonight or on Thursday, 
but I'm not I'm not interested in in seeing how this is going to end because I don't think it's going to end well. Yeah, listen, Seattle's got real problems, and I think Seattle gets a pass because everybody loves Russell Wilson and that defense and the Legion of Boom and Pete Carroll. Oh, G. Shucks, what a great guy! Listen, they they have real problems. If they were the tight, if 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 you swapped out their uniforms for the Titans or the Dolphins, you'd be like that team is maybe a playoff team. They're going to get blown out come the wild card round. Now, look, give Seattle a do in this, from the standpoint. This team has been there. They've done it. They know how to win big games. And that matters. Okay. Yeah. But it also matters when you are just getting shredded. And you could say, well, they only gave up 17 points to Washington, which is fair. But they were winning 14-10 with like <laughs> a minute to go. Yeah. And they, the other problem is, too, on the surface, you look at the game yesterday and say, well, Seattle rushed for 148 yards, 5.3 yards in attempt. Russell Wilson ran for 77 of it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Their running backs are awful. Awful. Their running backs cannot do anything. And Wilson yesterday, for as great as he can be and as great as he is, 24-45, 297, two touchdowns, two picks. I mean, that, that's all right. But, you know, you need more than that. I mean, they, they, they scored 12 offensive points in the game. It's not enough. That said, we're both taking Seattle because, frankly, I don't think either one of us believes in Arizona. No. So, go on from there. Give, uh, give Seattle what should be sixth win of the year. Then you move on to the Sunday slate. We'll start in the AFC South, uh, or the AFC just in general, rather. Cincinnati at Tennessee. Tennessee favored again, our five and a half point spread. This time the home team lays five and a half. Um, I think I think Tennessee wins this game. Tennessee has done nothing to impress me this year. No. Nothing. They, they beat the Ravens uh, on Sunday, but they, it took what felt like a miracle to get it accomplished. They, they barely held on at the end. Uh, the offense is in starts and stops. They can't really get anything going. Uh, they win by you know twenty three to twenty score over a Ravens team that frankly is not good. No. Cincinnati though, and maybe this maybe this is time to call on this team. I, at what point do you just say okay, you know what, enough, yeah, just enough. We, we've seen enough. We've sung this song too many times. Leonard Fournette doesn't play. It's a it's a startling announcement right before the game. It's for team you know team rules violation. Okay, you're thinking. Uh, but, you know, Bengals have a shot. The Bengals gave up 408 yards to the Blake Bortles-led Jaguars without Allen Robinson, without Leonard Fournette. The Bengals were outgained 408 to 148. The Bengals had the ball for 19 minutes and 46 seconds in that game. The Bengals also were out first downed 26 to 8. Okay, They're terrible. They are a terrible football team. A.J. Green, who's one of the most mild-mannered, cordial guys, everybody in the league, great guy, gets into a fist fight with Jalen Ramsey right before halftime. He wasn't mad at Jalen Ramsey. He's fed up with his team. Mm-hmm. They stink. They can't get anything accomplished. And I think it's time. I think the time has come with the Bengals here. It's, it's time, to, time to move on from Marvin Lewis. It's time to move on from Andy Dalton. It's just It's just time. It's time. And adult 10 of 18 for 136 yards. They ran for 17 carries, 29 yards yesterday. Like, it's just, it's over. And so I, I, I will take the Titans in this game. Not because I really think the Titans are any good, but I think the Bengals are terrible. Yeah, the Titans don't have any wins. You know, we talked about the Eagles only have three quality wins, and two of them came against the same team. I don't see any quality wins outside of, you know, beating Seattle at home. And we, I don't yeah. even know how good of a win that is. Exactly. Seattle stinks right now. Yeah, we don't know who Seattle is. And then they lose to Houston and Miami. So, like, I don't know. What, that what that wasn't just are. a loss to Houston. Yeah. 
That was, was shellacking. <laughs> I mean, Deshaun Watson was phenomenal. Say what you will, but my God, you have to stop him if you want to be a playoff team. Um, I'm taking Tennessee in this game, more or less because of a default. I don't believe in Cincinnati. They're on a list of t- uh, teams I have uh, that I think have just given up, impacted in this season. They're they're no hustle, no effort. They're, yep. they're, they don't they're not paying they're not paying enough attention. I don't know if they're preparing enough during the week, but either Cincinnati's done and. Marvin Lewis, lame duck year. They don't have to bring him back, which is perfect because they don't have to fire him. They can say, thank you for the service. Thank you for turning the culture around, for making the Bengals relevant. And he deserves credit for that. Um, they don't have to make it an ugly divorce. It can be a, a clean separation. Andy Dalton, I looked up the numbers, and I think they would save $13.5 million next year. And that's not like a June 1st cutoff. That's throughout the entire season. Yep. There's no deadline to get Andy Dalton's number, uh, contract off the books. $13.5 million. They might want to do that, and I don't know if this is the answer, because you got the whole A.J. McCarron grievance thing going on. Maybe you get rid of Andy Dalton and you say, look, A.J. McCarron, this is your team. We'll go out and get a new head coach. Maybe that's not the best option, but something needs to happen in Cincinnati, and the answer is not Lewis, and it's not Dalton. I'll tell you what, what I would do if I were the Bengals. I'd let, I'd let Lewis go. I'd, I'd let Dalton go, and I'd draft the quarterback. Yeah, they're going to have a top ten pick. They they stink. Mm-hmm. So in any event, look Tennessee. Give me Tennessee. Oh yeah. Moving to the next one o'clock game, interconference matchup: Cleveland at Detroit. Uh, Cleveland coming off its bye. Uh, Shocked, frankly, the bye didn't beat Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> Detroit's favored by nine and a half. I I think that basically tells you what Vegas thinks of Detroit. Detroit not being favored by double digits at home over Cleveland is all you need to know. Um, I'm not a huge Detroit guy. I think Detroit is a hit-and-miss type of team. I think they're talented, but they, they don't always perform well. Uh, but, my God, give me the Lions in this game. I, I don't think there's any way Cleveland goes in and wins this game. I've got the Lions in this game, too, and we'll, we'll spare the listeners another week of ranting about the Browns. Yeah. But uh, to me, the, the Lions are playing for their season. We record this before the Monday night game each, each, each week. And the Lions are playing for their season against the Packers tonight. And I don't know how that game's going to play out. And even if they win next week, they'll still be playing. They're playing for their season on a week-by-week basis here, especially with how tight that NFC wildcard race is. Because Carolina, we're not big fans of Carolina. I think they're better than Detroit, and they beat Detroit. I think that uh, you know Dallas is better than Detroit. There's a lot of teams in the NFC that are better than Detroit right now. They can win. Still won't make me a believer, but my God, if they look, if they lose to Cleveland, and this is Cleveland's first win, what everybody's you, fired. Yeah, what everybody? Oh my God, Jim Caldwell. On He'll never field. look deader. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. on the field, everybody's fired. <laughs> um, yeah, and no, I listen, Detroit. You know, right now, look, if, if you're if you're a Lions fan and you're sitting there saying, "Hey, you know, I still want to believe. I still think we're in this." Well, then you know what. Now's the time, okay? You're going to Green Bay. Normally, that's a loss. Or you're getting Brett Hundley. Then after that, you play Cleveland. You play Chicago. You get Minnesota at home on a, on a Thursday. And then you get Baltimore, Tampa, Chicago. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll say one thing for Detroit. You get to schedule the rest of the way. There might not be an easier schedule in the league the rest of the season. But with Detroit, it's got to start now. It's got to start right now. They probably have to go 11-5 and five to win that to win a wild card spot or a division. Uh for no other reason, because they've lost to Atlanta, they've lost to Carolina, they've lost to the Saints. Those are teams you got to break ties with. So we'll see what happens. But the Lions should beat Cleveland, but they got to beat Green Bay uh, on Monday night first. Speaking of Green Bay, they visit the Bears on Sunday. Bears are favored by three points. Um, I'll be blunt. I, I don't know what to make. Neither team can throw the ball for a foot. Um, 
I, I don't know. I, I, I... <laughs> Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Hey. <laughs> I, you know what? I'll take the Bears because they're at home. And Hunley is just terrible. I, I think yeah. the Bears' defense is good. And I do think the Bears can run the ball. I'll take Chicago, but with no confidence. But I'll just take them because they're at home. My biggest thing with the Packers from here on out is what happens to Mike McCarthy. Because already it's been a rough start. A lot of tums. Yeah, it's been a rough start to the uh, Aaron Rodgers little streak that they're going on here. And I did appreciate how he got, came off the top rope and got really aggressive with reporters who asked if they were going to bring in Kaepernick. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, the quarterback situation's fine. How dare you even ask me that? And then it turns out he's scrambling to sign Brian Hoyer as soon as he gets cut by the 49ers. He knows that's a bad situation. And he knows that we all know Aaron Rodgers is the reason he has that job. You talk about, you know, when we get to Houston, we can talk about that and Bill O'Brien. But, and it's not to quite the same degree. But Green Bay, Mike McCarthy, I don't think, he's more of a problem in Green Bay than he is a solution. And every time that we start questioning whether or not he's the right guy, Aaron Rodgers bails him out. He's not bailing him out this time. I don't think they lose to the Bears. But regardless of who's the quarterback, if they do lose to the Bears, that's, you know, all of a sudden you're asking questions about Mike McCarthy that we weren't asking a couple of weeks ago when Aaron Rodgers' collarbone was still whole, so. It's going to be interesting. I, uh, I'm not a big fan of either team right now. I need a team as a quarterback. Trubisky, no. of course, you know, he may turn into one, but right now he's, he's a kid and he's, he's had his struggles. Um, going back to the AFC side of things, the Chargers at Jacksonville, a sneaky, interesting game. Jacksonville's 3-5. and five. Jacksonville, or excuse me, the Chargers are 3-5. and five. Jacksonville's 5-3. and three. Yeah. Um, this is a, actually a pretty important game here. Jacksonville got to continue to win, got to keep pace. We already talked to them. Tennessee's going to win over Cincinnati. And so Jacksonville's got to try to keep going here. The Chargers come in three and five off a of bye. They're desperate. The Chargers are talented. You know, they, they have two big-time pass rushers. They've got some good corners. It, offensively, we know that they can bring it with, with, with Keenan Allen and Phillip Rivers and Melvin Gordon, Hunter Henry. That all said, I'm going to take the Jags because mm-hmm. I, I think the Chargers are going to have a tough time scoring points. And, and, the, and the Jaguars can get after the quarterback. They can sack oh, yeah. the quarterback. And the Chargers are not good up front. So I think Rivers is in for a long day. Uh, I don't think it's a blowout. But I think Jacksonville will do enough to win this game. Probably win ugly. Uh, but I think Jacksonville moves to 6-3. and three. And hey, that's you know, a great job by, by Doug Marone and company. Yeah, this is the game that I, it reminds me of the this Pittsburgh game that Jacksonville had earlier in the year where they got to they picked off Ben Roethlisberger five times. If there's a quarterback in the NFL where you know he's good for a couple of interceptions against a good secondary, it's Phillip Rivers. And I think there's there's going to be a back breaking interception that ends a comeback drive late in the game here. Los Angeles has to go all the way across the country to Jacksonville. Say what you will about that cliche, but sometimes it matters to the team. It can be tough. Yeah, especially with a team like with Los Angeles, who they're on the cusp of, I don't know if they're about to give up or if they still believe in themselves. Um, I'm taking Jacksonville in this game. And you want to talk about teams that are about to take grasp of their own destiny. 
Jacksonville wins this week against Los Angeles. Then they go on the road to Cleveland, on the road to Arizona, and then they get Indianapolis. You're looking, I mean, this could be a 10-win season here for the Jaguars, and nobody saw that coming, even in a division as bad as the AFC South. But I'm going with Jacksonville in this one. I just, Los Angeles doesn't do it for me. Yeah, you know, it's just a bad matchup for the Chargers. They can't block. And Rivers, as you mentioned, one thing he does do, he will throw interceptions. Mm-hmm. And so uh, not a great matchup for them. NFC, really actually looking forward to this game. Minnesota at Washington. If you want to talk about buying stock on the Redskins, this is the kind of game you need to be able to win this game. Now, Minnesota's yeah. coming off a bye. The Vikings on the road favored by two. So Vegas telling you they think Minnesota's substantially better the Redskins will see if Jordan Reed can play in this game. They're dealing with a lot of injuries. I'd like to see him get healthy. I don't know what to think of Minnesota. Okay, Minnesota's getting a lot of love, and, and somewhat deservedly so. I think the defense is legit. But here's the problem I have with the Vikings. They beat the Saints in week one, but the Saints started out really slow. They were rolling two. They weren't playing well. Since then, they've beaten Tampa, Chicago, Green Bay with Hundley, Baltimore, and Cleveland. I, I don't... What, what is there to make of that? They, they don't, I don't know if they can run the ball particularly well without Cook over, over the course of time. Uh, they haven't had a 100-yard receiver since Diggs back in week three. Thielen has been very good this year. I don't want to take that away. He's been terrific. Um, but I don't know that the Vikings are a really good team. I think they're good if they get Teddy Bridgewater back and he becomes Teddy Bridgewater again. Then it's interesting. Now, they have, a, they have a really tough stretch right now. Minnesota's at Washington, home to the Rams, Thanksgiving Day at Detroit, at Atlanta, at Carolina. Four of their next five, including a short week, are on the road, all against teams with playoff aspirations. If the Vikings can come out of those five games, even three and two, count me as a believer as, in terms of maybe being a Super Bowl contender. That said, this is a tough one to pick. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I'm going to take the Redskins in this game. I think the Redskins are going to come back and play hard and and maybe maybe find the way at home here. I just think Minnesota's been been really fighting and playing really well with Case Keenum, but at some point, you know, Case Keenum's been a journeyman and a backup for a reason. So give me the Redskins plus two. I think they pull the upset. Yeah, Washington's got their backs against the wall. And, that, that, and that's it, too. They've got to no, win. Yeah, there's no more dangerous type of team than a team that has talent, thinks that they're talented, and knows that they need to win. And that's exactly what Washington is. You know, we highlighted it when we talked about them. They've already lost a bunch of divisional games. They're coming off of a really hot win. They've got the momentum going for them. And Case Keenum is the biggest question mark X factor to me when it comes to thinking about whether or not the Vikings are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. Um, I think that he's a good serviceable quarterback. He's exactly the band-aid quarterback that the Vikings have won with before. Um, but a couple of weeks from now, they're going to get the Rams, and that's a good defense, and that's a potential playoff matchup. And I want to see. It's a home game for the Vikings. I want to see how the Vikings and Case Keenum play against a really good defense because they, you know, they got the Packers who were starting to kind of show their flex their muscles a little bit in that game before Aaron Rodgers went out, and then. Everything changes because once you lose Aaron Rodgers, that, that team is going to lose that game no matter what. They're just done. The Ravens, they're, they're garbage. We forget that the Browns were actually in the game at halftime against the Vikings until they pulled away. Yeah. So, look, I don't want to say that the Vikings aren't a legitimate team. I think that they're really that defense is enough for me to believe in them. However, if they come out and they have a tough game against Washington and they follow that up with a loss against the Rams— 
I'm going to start wavering a little bit as far as how much, how solidified I think the Vikings' chances of making a Super Bowl run are going to be. Uh, I mean, uh, Super Bowls in Minneapolis this year, that's going to be a narrative as we enter the end stretch of the season here. I, I, I'm not in on the Vikings with Case Keenum, but look, man's proved me wrong so far. So another week of that, who knows? Yeah, listen, and I, and I think Case Keenum's one of the better backups in the league, and he's yeah. done a great job, but at some point here, I mean, there's a reason. He's been a backup. Somewhere. Yeah. So, and by the way, it's not a knock to think Minnesota might lose this game. Washington's a good football team. Oh, yeah. So, you know what? I'm going to take Washington in what I think is probably the, one of the best games of the weekend, if not the best. Now we go to a game that, frankly, is not one of the best games. Uh, the Jets are at your Buccaneers. Your Buccaneers, two and six, and favored by one and a half in this game. And so... I'll let you take the floor like I always do uh, with your bucks. What do you have to say about the game? Well, I mean, th- those odds are what happens when you're drunk and you try to make the odds as a bookkeeper. You know, you mix up the matchups a little bit. Um, it's been a narrative that we've talked about numerous times in weeks before. Jameis Winston. What is he doing? Okay, this was perhaps the worst week of Jameis Winston doing stupid things on the field, um, instigating a fight, getting himself taken out of the game with a shoulder injury, which again could have been like a a little bit of a benching. The Buccaneers are terrible. They suck. They're an awful franchise right now, and they're going in the wrong direction. Um, we talked about whether or not Dirk Cutter is the man for the job moving forward, and I think, and we said when we were watching the game yesterday, um, if there was ever a time to be like, this isn't working, it's right now. Because a healthy locker room, a team that is gelling, that is getting along together and, and listening to their head coach, and they're in unison, they don't start fights on the sideline like we did or like we saw on uh, Sunday afternoon. They don't lose 30-10 to 10 to the Saints, okay? It's, it, it's so bad. And Jameis Winston, Dirk Cutter got this job because he was supposed to develop Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is having the worst year of his career so far. It's only year three. I'm not really knocking Jameis Winston here as much as I am knocking Cutter for not being able to rope in his franchise player. That, that pregame speech that he did before the Saints game where he's, he's eating W with his fingers and stuff like that, and the players are standing there bewildered. Deshaun Jackson's like, I mean, thank God I'm getting $30 million to watch this because nothing is worth my time. It's, at what point does Jameis Winston grow up and stop acting like a, a kid and realize that he is the franchise in Tampa? This isn't fun and games. This isn't, you know, oh, yeah, it's all going to be better. We're just going to make goofy faces and hype each other up. Nobody's hyped in Tampa. Chris Baker didn't come here for this. TJ Ward didn't come here for this. At what point does Gerald McCoy start thinking about other options? This is a mess in Tampa. And, you know, uh, Mike Lombardi on the ringer keeps saying that John Gruden is a guy that the Glazers want to bring back. I don't know if that's the answer. Mike Lombardi also thought that Doug Peterson was worth head coach in football. And uh, how's that going, Mike? Great prediction. Uh, Look, point being, Jameis Winston, this is a disaster of a year. Something has to change. I think Cutter's got to go. Jason Light, at some point, the front office needs to be held accountable for this. This is the franchise going in the wrong direction. The Glazers, they fired John Gruden, who won them a Super Bowl. They've fired Greg Schiano, Raheem Morris, Lovey Smith. They're not afraid to fire head coaches, okay? Derek Cutter just let his team off the rails against the, against the Saints. And I, I'm not a guy who really, I'm like you, I don't really like divisional rivals. I'm usually against them. But when Sean Payton was charging out the midfield to go after Dirk Cutter, I was a Saints fan in that moment. I was like, yeah, do me a favor, get him out of here. You know, maybe do us a favor. So look, Josh McCown's coming in. He knows Tampa. He's got a chip on his shoulder because he was run out of town there. I mean, rightfully so. But, and the Jets are playing well. 
We want to talk about polar opposites of where we thought teams were going to be when these, when these two teams met. Tampa Bay is on the opposite end of where the Jets are, and the Jets are in the playoff hunt. And all credit goes to Todd Bowles. One win for the Jets would have been coach of the year worthy for him. They're working on win number five this weekend. So, I mean, extend that man right now. Give him his credit. Build the statue. This is the, what he's done with the Jets is phenomenal. And I want the Bucks to win. I'm going to take the Jets. I'm doing it. I, it pushes come to shove. Uh, I have nothing to add. That was <laughs> very eloquent. Uh, I, I don't know who to take in this game. I don't know if Winston's even going to play at this point. It's almost like why... It's a battle ex quarterbacks. You got you know, McCown was in Tampa and Fitzpatrick was in New York. It's like it's a mess. I said last week if Tampa lost, I was done with them. I was not taking them again. But I'm I'm going to go back. I'm going to take them just because they're at home. I I just can't believe a team with that much saying can win a game. Mm-mm. Like I I don't know. I'll take Tampa to win. They're on the road. Or the Jets are on the road. But I got to be honest. I have no faith in it. It's one of those games. I can see the Jets going in there and winning. But I will take Tampa because I assume Winston's going to play. And my God, if he doesn't, it's Fitzmagic. It's Fitzmagic against <laughs> the Jets. It's McCown against the oh, Bucks. It's God. just an all-out free-for-all. But I'll, I'll take Tampa. I, I think Tampa finds a way to win at home. But it's, it's, it's gone ugly. It really has. Yeah. Now, this game I'm interested in because these two teams, nobody thought were going to be any good. And here we are, Week 10, and they are absolutely in the mix. The Saints are at the Bills, 1 o'clock, Eastern Standard Time. The Saints are favored by two on the road, which means that Vegas does not buy the Bills at all, uh, giving them no love, not even a pick of nothing. Uh, so I find this to be a very interesting game. The one thing about the Saints, if you look at them, uh, you know, and we talked about them earlier on, so I won't run on too much about them, but the Saints are a team that has an explosive offense, but all of a sudden a good defense. Drew Brees does not turn the ball over, and he does not get sacked. Four picks yeah. on the year and only eight sacks against them. The Saints have sacked opponents 23 times. We talked about the Bills, their bad offensive line, 26 sacks. I believe it's the most in the league. If it's not, it's second. Uh, they've had major problems. The Saints can run the ball down your throat. Ingram's averaging four and a half yards of carry. Kamara, Alvin Kamara's been great. He's averaging six yards of carry. He's terrific catching the ball out of the backfield. Ted Ginn Jr., who is like 98 years old, somehow is on pace for 1,000 yards this year. I really like what the Saints are doing. It's nothing against Buffalo. I think Buffalo has overachieved. They've been terrific in terms of everything we thought. We thought they were going to be brutal this year. They have not been, but I don't think the Saints turn the ball over in this game. And I know they're typically different away from home, but but defense travels. And I think the Saints went to Buffalo. I think they're going to win. Yeah, this is a uh, prove-it game. I, I'm not calling it a, a playoff game, but it's kind of a de facto playoff game in that whoever wins this is going to be considered a legitimate threat in, whatever, in their conference. If the Bills win this game, they've got a nice quality win against a very good team yes. and a great defense. And if the Saints win, this is what, win number seven in a row for yeah. them? Yeah. They're rolling. And I, we said it a couple of weeks ago, you know, this Drew Brees, Sean Payton window is closing. The era is going to come to an end. And, you know, a year ago or so, you would have thought that it would have limped out and it would have been a fizzling out of a great era that brought a Super Bowl to a city that needed it when it needed it. The Saints have been very important to New Orleans. Even though I'm a Bucks fan. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. 
And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. I am happy to see that this is the way that the narrative seems to be tying itself up, where Breeze and Peyton get one more shot to make a run at a Super Bowl. I still don't know if they're going to get there, but this is the way that this marriage deserves to end on a high note. I don't know what's going to happen after this year. Maybe they come back for another rodeo, but this is how the era is going to end in the minds of Saints fans. And that's great because this is a good team, night and day defense from what we saw earlier in the year. I'm going to pick New Orleans. I like Buffalo, but New Orleans has done enough in this six-game win streak to prove to me that they know what they're doing. And this is Sean Payton has turned this team around. So the Saints, if they win this game, watch out. You taking the Saints? I'm taking the Saints. Yeah, I... Uh, if, if Buffalo can get some turnovers, sure. But yeah. I, I just think Buffalo is going to have a hard time protecting Taylor in this game, and the Saints are going to put up some points. And mm-hmm. if, and that's my concern with the Bills. I don't know that if the Bills have, get into a game where they got to score 24, 27 points, like, I don't know that they're good enough to do it. Look at their win totals this year. They beat the Jets scoring 21 points. Mm-hmm. They beat Denver scoring 26. Did that with the help of a couple turnovers. 23 against Atlanta. Now, to be fair... They scored 30 against Tampa, scored 34 against Oakland. But again, a couple of those scores with Oakland, they got four turnovers, a defensive mm-hmm. score. I, I don't know that they can continue to do it. And so I think the Saints win this game. And then all of a sudden, if, if they do, then the Bills are 5-4 and four going on the – then the next three games are at the Chargers, at the Chiefs, home to New England. Ooh. Like, it's a one thing with the Bills in this game. It's kind of a must win mm-hmm. because then all of a sudden you're looking at having to go across the country and win or you're in real trouble. So, uh, we're both taking the Saints, so I think the Saints are the better team. And then the last of the 1 o'clock games, Pittsburgh coming off its bye at Indianapolis. Pittsburgh is favored by 10 points in this game, which is a massive spread for a road team. Not saying it shouldn't be, but it's a big spread. I will say this in this game. If there is any team that will make their fans sweat it out to the end, it's Pittsburgh in this game. Pittsburgh should beat the Colts by 35 points. Everything on paper says that the Steelers should blow the Colts out. And yet, I could absolutely see this being a tie game with five minutes left. I think the Colts are going to cover. I think the Steelers are going to win. But I think it's going to be the kind of game that if you're watching another game, you'll get the bottom line. You're going to say, my God, that game is tied with eight minutes left. Mm -hmm. The Steelers are famous for games just like this where they should never lose they have all the cards stacked in their favor, and then they have some inexplicable letdown. Look, I think the Steelers will win. I'm not picking them to lose, but I think it's going to be much closer than people think, and not because the Colts are any good. But I think the Steelers have a tendency to overlook teams at times, and this might be one of those situations. I agree with everything that you said. Yeah, this is going to be it, it, it's going to be one of two games. It's either going to be the the Steelers finally figured out, and this is where you know they blow out the Colts. The offense looks great. Le'Veon Bell goes off. You know the three Bs are, are having a great game, and the narrative then becomes, oh, yep, Pittsburgh's the best team in the AFC now. Look at this offense; it's it's, it's humming along. They're better than this, the Chiefs. They're better than the Patriots. Although, I do agree with everything that you said about how this is all of the makings of a game that they're just, they're just going to play way too close. We saw it against the Bears. We saw it against the Jaguars, who granted are a better team than we thought at the time. I just don't know. I'm picking the Steelers. I'm with you. There's no way I'm picking the Colts. I mean, they barely beat Cleveland. Yeah. And Cleveland's worse than the Colts. Like, I, 
I am I cannot pick the Colts. I just cannot wrap my head around it. But I'm telling you, if there is a game that you could see at the end of the day, like how did that team win that game? This is the game. Oh yeah. Because the Steelers have a history of losing asinine games on the road to teams you should never lose to. That said, give me the Steelers, but give me the Colts mm-hmm. to cover. So four o'clock games. Get get through these here. Uh, Houston's at the Rams. That looked like it was going to be an awesome game a couple of weeks ago. Now it's the Rams favorite by 11 and a half. Oh, yeah. Biggest line of the week. Um, give me the Rams. I, the, the Rams are for real. The Rams are a good team. I don't know if they're a Super Bowl team, but they're, they're a very good team. Uh, I think they smash Houston in this game. The, the, the Texans are done. Emotionally, they're just mm-hmm. absolutely cooked. They're 3-5. and five. Deshaun Watson's unfortunately is out for the year. They yeah. have no Watt. They have no Merciless. Give me the Rams and a runaway. I think the Rams are even going to cover. I think the Rams are going to kill the Texans. Yeah, the uh, hill that I've died on recently, and I'm going off the top rope now consistently throughout the end of the season, is that Bill O'Brien needs to go in Houston. And this is we'll oh, make room on the top rope because I, I mean, absolutely. And this is a, we talked about it yesterday when we were watching the games. This is as golden of an opportunity as Houston could ever hope for. This is like you know you're dating somebody, and this is your out. And you know, if you stay in this relationship... They've cheated on you. It's time. You yeah, can get out. It's marriage after this. You are committed to this relationship. You cannot get out. You're going to hate your life. You're going to think about the grass always being greener on the other side. This is Houston's opportunity to get out and find somebody who is going to lead this team. Houston's a very, very lucrative head coaching job if it opens up. Warm weather city. The fans are insane. They love that team. Deshaun Watson's a franchise quarterback. J.J. Watt, if he comes back, great defense. You will have good head coaches lining up out the door to get an interview for this job. Bob McNair, if you know what you are doing, get rid of uh, uh, Bill O'Brien while you can. Because as soon as this team starts winning, it is going to get incredibly hard to get rid of Bill O'Brien as the head coach. And he's done enough this season, whether it's screwing up twice against New England to lose that game, whether it was screwing up against Seattle and helping them lose that game, whether it's you know, the, the original sin of picking Tom Savage over Deshaun Watson. I hope, you, I hope Bill O'Brien enjoyed Sunday's game against the Colts. That's the reality that he wanted from the get-go. He's got to go. And this is a chance for the, te- for the Texans to do this. I don't know if they do. It's a really gutsy move. But if they fire Bill O'Brien, I'm officially going to start believing in the Texans. And, like They want to win now. If not, good luck. They should absolutely fire him because they're going to get into a situation where they're in the playoffs every year. And you say, well, that's great. That's great until you know, it's the third season of doing that. And you sound like me, a bitter Chiefs fan, who's like, well, that's nice. Mm-hmm. You're in the playoffs. Who cares? I mean, after a while, like, it's fun when you first get in. It's exciting. You're playing in January. After a while, it's like, well, win something. And they, they, are not, they are not winning a Super Bowl, Bill Bryan. I don't care no. how good Watson is, how good that the – he is a disaster in, in situational football. Uh, and if, if they could fire him right now – any coach in the league would line up for that job. That oh, yeah. job would be unbelievable to get. So I'm with you. Uh, we're both taking the Rams. And so next game, 425, Dallas at Atlanta. Atlanta's somehow favored by three points in this game. Forget that. Give me Dallas all day long in this game. Dallas is the best offense in the league since week four. They just earholed Kansas City. Okay. Atlanta was up 10 nothing in Carolina in the first quarter. And you looked at the game and said, wow, okay, Atlanta may be mm-hmm. kind of figuring it out. They, they won last week. It was an ugly game against the Jets, but give them credit. They found a way to win in what was a driving rainstorm. They got up 10 nothing against Carolina, and then they got outscored 20 to, I believe it was 20 to what, 7, 20, yeah. yeah, 27 the rest of the game. They got, out, they got outplayed. They got outcoached. Atlanta just looks like a dead team walking. They have no offense. 
which is stunning when you consider the amount of talent on that team. And you're watching the game yesterday, and, and there's one play in particular. They're down 20 to 10. They went for it on fourth down. Carolina busts a coverage. And, and Ryan, to his credit, puts a perfect throw on Julio Jones right in his hands in the end zone, and he drops it. And there's not a defender within 15 yards of him. And Julio Jones, after he dropped it, just fell down and laid on the turf face down. So that pretty much right there. That should be the cover of the team yearbook for 2017. Because oh, the yeah. Falcons have so much talent, and they just can't put it together. I'm taking the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys at this point right now are one of the hottest teams in the league. They've figured it out. And I think Dallas finds a way to get it done. The only caveat is if, if Zeke doesn't play in this game, with this ongoing legal saga, mm-hmm. th- then I'm a little more split. But I'm, I'm taking Dallas. I think the Cowboys are a better team. I'm taking Dallas, too, and for all I have to say about the, the Falcons is I'm looking forward in what they're going to do with this offense because Matt Ryan has regressed to the mean. He's exactly who we thought he was before his MVP season. Steve Sarkeesian not getting the job done whatsoever. Dan Quinn's going to be able to hold off questions about whether or not he can lead this team because he just brought him to the Super Bowl. He is a good head coach. I think he can whip the defense into shape. I think that the best thing that can happen to the Atlanta Falcons is the Cleveland Browns firing Hugh Jackson, opening him up to then come and be the offensive coordinator. Hugh Jackson knows how to run an offense. We saw it in Cincinnati. That was a lot of the reason why you know the, the, those teams under Marvin Lewis had a lot of success. He made Andy Dalton into a great quarterback, and Andy Dalton, we can agree, not a good quarterback. Matt Ryan is a good quarterback. He's an MVP. Okay? He didn't win that on a fluke. When he has a good offensive coordinator that knows what he's doing, that offense is good. Sarkeesian, look, it didn't work bygones be bygones, get rid of them. Not if, but when the Cleveland Browns fire Hugh Jackson, if I'm Arthur Blank, I'm on the phone with a blank check. And I'm like, look, you, you're coming to Atlanta. We're going to fix this. He's a very so, good coordinator. Yeah. Not a good coach. He's a good coordinator. Look, the, the Falcons, this is their season because they lose this game. Their next game is a Monday night at Seattle. Mm-hmm. And uh, Seattle's got problems. Seattle is not the team Atlanta wants to see. No. Seattle is built to beat a team like the Seahawks. I know, oh, they beat them last year. Yeah, well, neither team <laughs> looking a lot like last year's no. team. So, uh, another game, and we'll just kind of, all due respect to the franchise, just kind of roll past this one here. The Giants with the Niners. Niners favored by one and a half. I think the Niners get the first one of the year. Oh, yeah. The Giants are done. The Giants are just – the Giants are so unbelievably ready for New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's incredible. 51 points at home. They gave up a touchdown at the third, third and 33. 33. And it was a bubble screen. I mean, it's all. <laughs> third and 33, you give up a 57-yard touchdown after, on a bubble screen. After the game, uh, the, the press asked Tony Soprano there what, what <laughs> he said at halftime, and he, he literally didn't know what he said at half. He just sat there and looked around for 15 seconds. <laughs> He's, he's gone yeah. at the end of the year. That team is a mess. The Giants, by the way, good luck finding the wins the rest of the year, okay? The Giants, they go to San Francisco. Then they come home to the Chiefs who are coming off a bye. And after that game against Dallas, look, I say a lot of things about the Chiefs, good and bad. If I would be floored if the Chiefs lost that game. Mm-hmm. Then they go at Washington, at Oakland, then Dallas, Philly, at Arizona, Washington. Good luck. They might win two games this year. Um, so I am, and by the way, okay, let us never forget, Denver was 3-1, and one, <laughs> yeah. coming off the bye at home, and lost to the Giants, and since then have been the biggest disaster in the league this side of Cleveland. So the Giants have not only taken themselves down, they took Denver with them. And as a Chief fan, I say thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, so, 
That being said, I'm, I'm going to take the Niners. Your, your call. I've been taking the Niners for a couple of weeks now because I think that Shanahan has a better team there than a lot of people want to give him credit for. I think they've definitely run out of gas. They are a winless team right now. They don't look much better than they, they were on Sunday against the Cardinals or the week before against the, the Eagles. I do think they get their first win here against the Giants. And look, actually, Ben, ben McAdoo, for as savage as the New York media is, I haven't heard as much hatred and vitriol for him this season when they're losing than I did when Tom Coughlin was taking him into the Super Bowl. So I think he's getting off a little light here. Maybe I'm not paying enough attention to the New York media. You'd know better than me. But I feel like McAdoo's getting off light here. But this is the end. The narrative for the Giants with me is this is the end of the era for Eli Manning. They're already talking about starting David Webb, which, what? All right, because that's going to fix the oh, problems. God, no, yeah. no. Oh, yeah. Big time. Can you imagine they get to the Chiefs game and David Webb's the starter? If you're the Chiefs, do you start Patrick Mahomes in that game? If David Webb's the starter... Have you seen the Chiefs defense? No. No, I would, I would be, I'd be <laughs> going for it on four down for oh, the Chiefs, the way that defense is playing. The coming out game for David Webb. I'm, take, I'm taking the 49ers to win this, and I think the casket has closed and it's sinking to the bottom of the Hudson with a couple of cinder blocks attached to it for the Giants Believe at this me, point. I grew up in New York. The Hudson, I think it's brown. Okay? <laughs> it's not good. And yes, Davis Webb, my God, that would be amazing. Uh, but that, I, I don't think happens this year. I think the New York media has gone soft on Mac, because they just feel bad. I really, and when, when the New York media feels bad for you, yeah. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. I mean, I've seen it happen a few times where I think the New York media is like, no, you know, it's, it's a little blow to go after this guy. They, they'll focus on the Knicks. Um, okay, so Sunday night game. New England at Denver. New England favored by seven and a half in this game, which means if this game was in New England, they'd be favored by two touchdowns. Um, we don't even know if the starting quarterback's going to be in Denver. I'm mm-hmm. assuming it's going to be Osweiler. Uh, Doesn't matter, though. You know, like, and by the way, listen, I, I try never to go in on other people because I don't think it's, you know, I wouldn't want somebody to do it to me. But I, I saw something yesterday in Sunday night, uh, or Football Night in America on NBC, leading into the Sunday night game. Mike Florio was talking, of pro football talk, and they talked about who would be the starting quarterback in that game. And he said, well, you know, Brock Osweiler, because he's taking care of the football. He only turned the ball over twice. <laughs> and I know, what, I know what Mike meant. I was like, Mike, yeah. I mean, he turned the ball over twice. Like, he didn't take care of the ball. He's terrible. So, listen, I don't know. Now, now Brady, historically, has played awful in Denver. He is there by far the biggest problem for him in his career. Mm-hmm. He has not played well there. A couple of years ago, Osweiler beat him there in a crazy Sunday night game. Yeah. Um, it snowed at one point. Denver came back and we're losing like 14 points and fourth. That defense, that's not walking through the door. Now, listen, this defense is still, I'm sure they'll be up for this game. It's the Pats. It's Sunday night. But I, I don't think New England's going to score a ton of points. I just, how is Denver going to score? Yeah. Denver cannot score. New England's worst defensively than any other team in the league. But I don't think it matters. I am going to take New England. I don't think it's a blowout because I think Denver's defense keeps it fairly close. But I just I don't I don't see how Denver wins, uh, barring just a bunch of fluky weird plays. Yeah, this is to me. This is how do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good. The last gasp of the Broncos defense this year. I think this is the last good performance they put in because they do know that they're going up against Brady and they know that this is a game. They own Brady in Denver, so I don't think that they win because, like you said, Brock Osweiler, Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, the ghost of Bubby Brister, whatever they want to bring out there to play quarterback, it's not going to work. 
and Denver, they're done. They're cooked. We had Vance Joseph as a dark horse candidate to maybe be out of a job. I don't know if that happens or not, but I could definitely see the argument being made that, look, John Elway, as good as a quarterback as he was, doesn't know how to find one. Like, he lucked into Peyton Manning. If Peyton Manning doesn't hurt his neck in Indianapolis and they don't win the suck-for-luck sweepstakes, none of this is happening. John Elway might not even have that vice president of football operations job. A lot happened because Peyton Manning came to Denver, and that wasn't because John Elway found him as a diamond in the rough. He believed in a guy who was maybe that not a lot of other teams believed in. We thought Peyton Manning was over the hill. We thought the neck injury wasn't, was going to hurt him more than it eventually did. Um, so he deserves credit for that. As far as what's going on with the Broncos, they have no quarterback, and they have no shot. <laughs> so, I mean, that's really all it comes down to. Look, I, I'm picking the Patriots to win, but it, what it comes down to is this is Tom Brady— and Bill Belichick versus Vance Joseph and Brock Osweiler. End of story. Yeah, that's probably a pretty good way of putting it. Like I, I, in my column in Sack in the Box this, this week that went up on Monday, my lead-in was about the Broncos, and it was about John Elway and how I feel as though he is really struggling. You mentioned it to find that quarterback. But there's a dirty secret about Denver that nobody seems to really pay a lot of attention to, that if you really look at it, and I, I stumbled upon this just doing research in the summer for a project, but um, the Broncos have not drafted a player that's reached a Pro Bowl or been an All-Pro in, well, let's see, in the last, I won't include this past draft because you know, they're all in their rookie years, but in the last five drafts, from 2012 to 2016, not one Pro Bowl, nothing. And uh, it's always, always nice to get a commercial <laughs> in the background. Sorry about that. No, the Broncos have not drafted a Pro Bowler uh, in that time period. They've had a lot of whiffs. Shane mm-hmm. Ray is a first-round pick. He's been okay, yeah. but he's been hurt. He's been kind of unproductive. Paxton Lynch looks like he's going to be a gigantic bust. Uh, they just haven't found the guys they've needed to find. Um, you know, both offensively and, frankly, defensively to replenish some of the guys that they've lost. And they've had a couple of good picks. I'm not trying to say he's drafted nobody good, but their drafts have been among the worst in the NFL of that span. Their first-round pick this year, Garrett Bowles, he's 25 years old. Like, even, and he's been okay. He's been a very average off tackle this year. But even if it turns out to be a great player, he's 25. Like, you know, Patrick Mahomes won't be 25 till his second contract. Yeah. So that's a big issue for me. Always not done a good job with this team. Forget even just the quarterback position. They've not addressed the offensive line the way they need to. The right tackle position's been bad for years. They, draft, they signed Donald Stevenson. He was terrible. They brought him in like Watson. He's been terrible. So big-time issues for Denver. Um, and, and just an aging core. I think we're, you yeah. know, we're getting to a point here where, you know, Keep Tlaib's not a kid anymore. Von Miller's still great, but he's, you know, he's getting to the end of his prime. Uh, Demarius Thomas, he's, I think, on the downside. So, listen, we'll, we'll stop there. But Denver has to retool. Denver, I'm curious to see, and we can close this game out here on this, but if Denver finishes 6-10, and 10, they get a top 10 pick in the draft, do they draft a quarterback or are they still beholden the ledger? If John Elway is still beholden to Lynch, then I think he maybe has a couple years left on that job because he's not. And that's going to be the last job that he gets for a very long time in the front office because they need a quarterback. And it's the Bill O'Brien thing. They've, Bill O'Brien only had a couple of months to screw that up. John Elway's had years to screw this up. And to see that Paxton Lynch is not the guy, Trevor Simeon's not the guy, Brock Osweiler isn't the guy. He needs a quarterback in the first round. If he doesn't take it, then it's, you know, curtains for Denver. Yeah. Uh, listen, I agree. By the way, one little scheduling note to note with the Pats. They are coming off their bye for this game. Mm-hmm. 
five of their next six games are on the road. One of those is in Mexico City. Too, yeah, against it? Oakland yeah. And in two weeks from now. Denver, Oakland, home to the Dolphins, at Buffalo, at Miami, at Pittsburgh. I know they're the Pats. That's tough. That is. <laughs> that's a couple of trips across the country. It's once you're out of the country. That's, that's challenging. That's, and all those teams, sans Denver, are still fighting for something. So, and Oakland's going to be coming off a bye. So, yeah. take that for what you will. Okay, final game of the week. Miami at Carolina on a Monday night. ESPN really knows how to nail those Monday night matchups. <laughs> uh, Carolina's favored by nine. I think the Dolphins are going to cover because I think Carolina's offense is nothing special. Yeah. But give me Carolina. I, I don't have much to add to this. Carolina will get to seven and three. Uh, I just don't think the Dolphins have any offense. They're, no. they're just terrible offensively. So I'll take the Panthers. Uh, I think it's kind of an ugly game. But Carolina wins and, and keeps moving the, the buck forward toward the playoffs. Yeah, this is uh, this is the go-to-bed-early type of game for me. And uh, look, It's just a go-to-bed game. Yeah, back-to-back primetime games for the Dolphins, for the Jay Cutler Dolphins. Wow. Um, look, the Dolphins' offense is awful. The Raiders' defense numerous times, and you said it in this show, and I think we say it on a weekly basis, it's, it's, the Raiders' defense is Khalil Mack and 11 road counts. 10 road counts. Although they might, they might as well play with a lot and have the extra guy out there. The, the Dolphins couldn't beat the Raiders at home on national television. Like, that's all you need to know. In a close game where they could have come back. And the Raiders laid down in the end of that fourth quarter because they knew. They're like, this offense is terrible. They're not coming back. So, look, I, don't, I think the Carolina wins, but it's one of those default things because they know that they're in the playoff hunt. And uh, if Miami's playing for anything, it's for their season. Because right now, they're the first team out in the AFC. And truthfully, I think that they're the only team, maybe Oakland, if Oakland continues to go and, and Kansas City continues to sink. I think Miami is the only team outside of the AFC playoff picture right now with a shot to get in. Because I don't believe in Oakland. I don't believe in the Jets. Baltimore's a joke. You've got Houston with Tom Savage. No way. So... I Chargers. think the Chargers, yeah, Miami, if anything, they're playing for their season on Monday night. And if they lose, they're done. And I think that the AFC playoff picture is pretty much set. But I'm taking Carolina to do it. Okay. Parting, parting thought? I mean, as, as heartbroken as I am as a Bucks fan, I am excited with how things are shaping up with this NFC playoff picture. And I want to see... I want to see what happens with these head coaches now. Because we're getting to the time of year where it's legitimate to say McAdoo's job... It's in danger. Cutter's job's in danger. Uh, Vance Joseph, some of these other guys. This is the time of year where you're going to start hearing those rumors kick up, and I want to see how teams respond to that. How did the Broncos' defense respond to jobs that they're playing to save Vance Joseph's job? Do they, do they step up, and then they go out? So that, to me, moving forward, as a fan rooting for a team that is sinking to the deepest circle of hell, I am rooting for complete chaos with the coaching cycle. I... Uh... My, my parting thought is, is watch that Pittsburgh and the Annapolis game. Yeah. Because I, I just, again, I think the, I think the Steelers are going to win. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's the game that by Sunday night, everybody's like, wow, did you see that game? You yeah. believe Jacoby Brissett for 400 yards? I'm telling you, Pittsburgh, this is, now they're coming off a bye, so that should help. But th- if there's ever a game that the Steelers will just inexplicably lose, it's this game. My other parting thought, thank God the Chiefs don't play this weekend. <laughs> For Josh Hill, I am Matt Verdon. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so to Stack in the Box podcast on iTunes. Please leave a comment unless you think it sucks, then don't. Um, really appreciate your feedback. It's been great. We love the listenership. Oh, yeah. If you have anything uh, you ever want to have added to the program, by all means, uh, you know, send us an email. Just our first dot last names at fanside.com. 
I'm always happy to, to you know, take any kind of feedback. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, enjoy the Monday night game if you hear this on Monday. If you don't, enjoy week 10. It should be a good one. There are lots of great games, and we'll be back to talk football with you next Monday. So thank you for listening. Josh Hill, I'm Matt Verderam. Have a great week. Aw, you didn't have to go so all out for my birthday. Yes, we did. Because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for their... This is Jamie from Progressive. No, this is a great time. Progressive protects you 24-7. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry that happened. <clears throat> Jamie. Can you hold on one second? Uh, I gotta take this call. But remember, birthdays are about togetherness. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.